Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Hi and welcome to this week's Realty Talk, the flagship of the new and expanded property hub, your home for property investment insights, inspiration and stories from Australia's top property experts, investors, leaders and analysts, which is done in collaboration with Apiro Marketing and DM Media, Australia's largest independent podcast network. I'm Bushy Martin from Nihau Property Finance, and we've got more great property insights for you this week. To kick things off, how and where do you find the best cash flow properties and locations around the country? Inspector Data Analyst Kent Lardner joins us again to show you the way with his new weekly cash flow reports. Recent tenancy legislation reforms in Queensland have made significant changes to periodic tenancies, so leading property manager Jamie Lee Billowell from the Code Property Group helps you unpack the quite significant impacts. And given current flat property conditions around the country, you need to start creating and forcing value. So Joe Tucker from Property Principles and the Australian or Oz Property Investors Forum joins us to show you how with these low-cost yet very high-value tips. And before we get into it, make sure you don't miss another episode of Realty Talk by subscribing to Property Hub on your favourite podcast player, where you'll also get two powerful episodes of both Realty Talk as well as the Get Invested podcast delivered to you each and every week. And make sure you also sign up on the realty.com.au homepage, where you'll also get a free copy of my award-winning book, Get Invested, just for making the effort. We've got a lot of great insights to share, so let's get on with the show. Greetings and welcome. Now, there's an old saying in property cycles that capital growth gets you out of the game, but cash flow keeps you in the game. So if you've switched from the accumulate stage to the cash flow phase of your investment strategy, what I like to call the capital growth to cash flow curve transition, how and where do you reliably find the best high yielding cash flow properties and locations from amongst the 15,353 suburbs and, loca and localities around the country? Well, to lead your way, we're joined by one of Australia's best and most respected property data analysts and a long-term supporter of the show, Ken Lardner. He's the founder of Suburb Trends, and he's just released his new weekly cash flow report series. So welcome back to the show, Ken. Thank you, Bushy. Great to be here. Absolutely, mate. I've been uh, busting at the seams to uh, get in front of you for ages. So uh, this is a bit of a, a bucket list opportunity for me, mate. But, uh, sort of diving right into the subject, mate. Uh, how do most investors identify cash flow opportunities? I think most people zoom in on a suburb and they use a suburb median. So that's a suburb median for the sale price and a suburb median for the rental price. And there's two problems there that compound. Uh, so essentially, you need to have a suburb median that's very reliable and robust. That's the first thing that can go wrong. The second thing is that you are assuming that you're going to buy a property spot on that median. Odds are you're not. So the trick really is to come up with a measurement system that looks at the individual property and what it's sold for, and then pair that to a rental estimate. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, given that context, uh, what are you suggesting uh, some of the improved and better approaches that, that you and your suburbs 
Trends team adopt to better understand cash flow opportunities? Yeah, my approach is to, to take a, a, sold, a sold price and then pair that to a rental estimate and then publish that and plot that on a map or in a data table or both. Uh, and then what you can do is actually look at the actual yield for an individual property. And then I sort and filter and you can see where the clusters are of properties that are spinning up uh, higher yielding properties. Now, typically I used to say three and a half percent and higher was high yield, but things have gotten better. So I've gone to four and a half percent now. Now we get a bit greedy, we might go a bit higher. So, and typically I, I do a cutoff and just plot the ones that are offering that, that higher yield. So typically four and a half percent and higher. It is an estimated yield, but it's significantly more accurate than trying to use a, a, a suburb median for rent and a suburb median uh, for sale price. Yeah, it makes complete sense. So, so talk to us about some of the key criteria in your unique 13-point area score that you use to actually identify the highest yielding locations. Yeah, so typically there's a, a number of factors that uh, we look at on the on the rental side, um, and I'll start with that. So we're obviously looking at, at yields. We're looking at the, the rental tenure, which is Australian Bureau of Statistics, ABS stuff. So we looked for a sweet spot there to say uh, there's not too few uh, renters. So we want a good rental market. Uh, we look at other factors like income and socioeconomics. So there's a range of things that the census gives us that we can lock down for five years and keep on using, which is great. Then when we look at some of the uh, capital related stuff, the, the market there. Uh, we look at factors like inventory. So inventory measures that ratio of how many sales, how many listings, and the, you know, the more months of stock, which is ultimately the measure we're using there. Uh, that means the market is you know, switching between buyers and, and sellers. And the other key thing we're looking at with inventory is if that's building, the trend tells us the direction of the market. And at the moment, we're seeing a number of markets that are probably about, on average, five, six, seven months or more beyond their peak. Inventory levels have been building, but they're actually starting to ease in a lot of spots. So that's a bit of a lead indicator. It's not a, a one-size-fits-all measure, but inventory is a pretty solid metric looking at what's going to happen to prices in about three to four months' time. So look at inventory. Look at days on market. I think a lot of people know days on market quite well and a range of other variables. So, uh, you know, I, I do some forecasting as well, some short-term forecasting. The call out there is I used machine learning to do a lot of forecasting. The models are awful right now. So, <laughs> you know, you've got to really be careful with how far you try and predict because the volatility in all the data sets right now, it's really, really hard. Yeah, it's, it really is difficult to throw a net over something when there's so much variation yes. happening, uh, price, location, and, and everything else. So, uh, and, and that's the danger of some of the projections that we're seeing in the media at the moment, Kent. But uh, uh, look, you've you've just released your new weekly cash flow reports. So, can you give us a bit of a rundown on what it's about, what it is, what it shows, how it helps, and who's best suited to grab a hold? Yeah, so uh, what I'm doing is I'm taking uh, areas that I like to look at. And we mentioned the census data. So I've, I've identified effectively 50 areas that I work with, 50 SA3 regions, statistical area three. So there's 50 markets that I call evergreen. And I'm working against those markets now and then just plotting against that a 13-point scorecard effectively. And then that will ebb and flow and month to month, week to week, you'll see different data sets there. And then what I do is I go through each week and I grab the uh, recent sales and I pair up a, a rental estimate and then I attach that to each of those regions. So for across those regions, you can you can look at how each market's operating and then effectively after you know what those markets 
conditions are, you can know what some of the cash flows are. Yeah, brilliantly done. Well, look, I really want to thank you for coming on and, and sort of leading the charge on assisting investors with your very forward-looking reports, Kent. And thanks again for your time on the show today, mate. Thank you, Bushy. Thanks, Kent. Well, as you can see, if you're a property buyer, investor, buyer's agent or other allied property professional that's looking to make better informed property decisions based on quality data, do yourself a favour and jump on suburbtrends.com where you can tap into Kent's new weekly cash flow reports as well as an entire suite of other very useful and timely property reports. Keep watching the Property Hub's Realty Talk, your trusted voice for all things property. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Now, if you're a landlord in Queensland, you may or may not be aware that as of the 1st of October this year, new tenancy reforms came into play in relation to the treatment of periodic tenancies and pets, which the Real Estate Institute of Queensland CEO Antonio Merparello says has actually swung the pendulum distinctly in favour of tenants and reduces property owners' contractual rights. So if you're a Queensland property investor or landlord, you need to listen up. And if you're not, I'd still be paying attention as these tenancy changes are progressively being rolled out right around the country. And to unpack the details of the changes and what impacts they're likely to have, we're joined by leading property manager, Jamie Lee Billywell from the Code Property Group for a special two-part feature. So welcome back to the show, Jamie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always. Love having you on. And Jamie, what I thought we'd do, we'd kick off by diving into the changes affecting periodic tenancies, and then in part two in coming weeks, we'll unpack the changes to the treatment of pets. So sort of kicking straight into the subject, uh, for those who aren't aware, what is a periodic tenancy and what changes came into effect in that area on the 1st of October? Great, thank you. So essentially a periodical tenancy is a month-to-month -month lease agreement. It is quite popular if people are building a property and they're not quite sure when it will be complete. It's also popular if people are looking to buy or they've just moved. So traditionally, that's the only reason that we would entertain a periodical lease. The new legislation essentially means that there's no way to end a periodical lease. I, I personally believe that it is just a gap in the legislation. However, that legislation has passed and you're essentially signing yourself up to a lifetime lease with the tenant because you can't end it anymore. <laughs> wow, that's uh, a fairly major change. And, and as you and I know, uh, Jamie Lee, uh, once it's in legislation, it's very difficult and slow and painstaking to change. So given, given that scenario where you can effectively no longer terminate a periodic penalty, uh, what impact is going to have on, on the periodic exercise? Essentially, my advice to any investor is to not pursue a periodical tenancy, pursue a three or a six month lease. The problem is you can't end the tenancy without grounds, which is the term that we were able to use previously. There are ways, but the tenant has to be naughty. 
<laughs> so in the sense that if you've got the perfect tenant and nothing's going wrong, it is extremely difficult to end that lease term. So if if a tenant is not paying rent or it's a non-livable property or there's a, a sale contract in play, there are ways, of course, but it is extremely difficult. So that may cease to end all periodical tenancies in Queensland. Yeah, it sounds like it. So what do investors or property managers need to do if if a tenant doesn't sign off on a loose renewal offer, for example? And they're in a periodical tenancy currently? Well, probably more around if if a lease is coming to an end Mm -hmm. and it it normally would roll into a periodic, as I understand it. Correct. that's clearly not an option anymore because you're then locking them in forever. So uh, what what's your advice around that? The question's multifaceted, so I may go on a little bit of a tangent here. So bear with me. Yeah, all good. <laughs> if hypothetically you're on a periodical lease, currently the legislation has passed and you were unaware of that, my advice is to have a conversation with your property management team and put a strategy in play to essentially put the tenant on a three or six-month lease because you can still end a three-month lease without grounds. The other option is to do a 60-day lease. Of course, it's not desirable because you've got that constant rollover, but at least it will protect you. Any good property management team worth their salt was doing this six months ago. They were removing all the periodical leases out of their rent roll. So it would be a surprise to me if you find yourself in a periodical lease. That's a problem with the property management team. If you as the investor were not aware of that, yeah, that's a very, very good tip then. So if a, a fixed term lease is coming to an end and a tenant would now like to move to periodic, uh, what should landlords now do? Get an understanding of the circumstances. If hypothetically the tenant is wanting to build a property and they've got, um, say, a random move-in date with builders that are always pushed back anyway. (laughs) Um, If if it's six weeks, offer them a six-week lease instead of a periodical lease. So make sure it's got an end date. It's not an open-ended date because, like I said before, you're essentially signing up to a lifetime lease. That's a very scary exercise and something uh, particularly landlords who are privately managing I can imagine they're going to get themselves in a lot of hot water with this in in the in times moving forward. Uh, even more reason to be engaging a uh, professional property manager uh, in that regard, Jamie Lee. But uh, look, I really want to thank you for opening our eyes to the impacts of these Queensland tenancy legislation changes. And thanks for your time on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie Lee. Well, as you've heard, the world of periodic tenancies has just become a lot more challenging. So if you want to make sure you're on top of ongoing tenancy law changes and are actually maximising your protection, make sure you reach out to a specialised and dedicated local property manager like Jamie Lee and the Co Property Group. Stay with us for more here on the Property Hubs, Realty Talk. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. 
Know-how has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Hi and welcome. Now, given that Australia is just coming out of the second biggest property boom in the history of the nation, where property values in many areas are now likely to actually soften and plateau for an extended period of time, how can you continue to grow value in flat conditions? Well, to open your eyes to low-cost yet high-results options that give you the best bang for your bucks, we're joined by Joe Tucker, the founder of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as well as the co-founder of the rapidly growing Oz Property Investors Facebook community that now boasts over 28,000 plus members. So welcome back to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me, Bushy. Great to be back. Yeah, love it, mate. Uh, you've always got some great insights to share. So diving into this subject, uh, what mistakes do investors make when it comes to increasing property value as you see it? Well, I mean, the typical way to go about increasing property values is through renovation. Um, that is typically speaking, um, the easiest and most affordable way to go about. So that's the way I like to go about increasing the value. There's also subdivisions and developments, but that takes a lot of time, skill and effort. And not a lot of the people have a lot of those resources. So a cosmetic renovation is um, the way to go. But some of the mistakes people make is pretty isn't profit. Just because it's the most beautiful end product that's what people see and that's what they want. So they buy based on the beautiful styling and the amazing tapware and all of that thing. So um, people, one, buy that bad product because it's already been, the value's already been created. What you want to do is buy what we call an ugly duckling. And that's something where it's got good bones, it's solid, it's fundamentally an amazing property. It just needs a little bit of work. It's a little bit ugly. And you get to buy, you're able to buy that property at a premium price because it is a little bit ugly. But when you increase, we call it equity harvest, right? You can harvest the equity in there by spending a little bit of money, but really it doesn't actually take too much work. If you have a good team behind you, we do cosmetic renovations all the time for clients. They haven't even been to the property, haven't even been to the state. You don't need to go there. You can have a good property manager that will be able to help you through getting the uh, the painting done, the floor polishing. We can cover off a little bit more in detail of that. But those are some of the mistakes. People just getting the prettiest thing possible and um, not looking at, not seeing the potential of the uh, ugly duckling. Yeah, okay. Well, you, you've touched on your thoughts on what is the lowest cost, biggest impact way to force this value and, and equity harvest as, as you say, in flat market conditions. But when you say a cosmetic reno, uh, let's break that down a little bit because that sounds like sounds like putting lipstick on a pig uh, <laughs> to some degree. Joe, for those that are listening in, what, what does a cosmetic reno actually mean and what sort of things can you do to the property uh, uh, we'll, we'll perhaps get to some examples in a minute, but yeah. let, let, let's let's break that down to start with. Yeah, I mean, one of the best ways to add value to a property, and this could be one of those beautiful properties, right? If you don't have any renovation skills or expertise, you know, don't do it. But how are you going to add value? One of the best ways to do that is to change the profile of the property. And what I mean by that is turning a two-bedroom home into a three-bedroom home or a three-bedroom home into a four-bedroom home by adding a just or wall and a door, you can all of a sudden take your property from um, the price of a three bedroom to the price of a four bedroom. So those are some of the things that you can kind of look out for to add 
value to um, a property. Another one is adding an extra bathroom. If you can go from three bed, one bath to four bed, two bath, just have a look on realestate.com at the different prices between those two assets. You know, um, spruce up the property a little bit with some paint as well. If you if you want to go to you want to go a little bit extra, but don't do that even. Just do an extra wall and convert that from a three bed to a four bed, and you'll uh, make a big big difference to the property. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you've uncovered a good one there because you're essentially changing the the profile of the property. And we know that bank valuers and others are looking at well, is it a three bedroom one bath or was it a four bed two bath? If you're got the opportunity to create and change that profile, you're suddenly putting in a different price bracket. That's a, a really good way to um, <clears throat> harvest that equity that you, you spoke about. So uh, I guess the 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 real art with this though is being uh, able to actually see uh, ahead of time how you can create those opportunities. What what's the best way for investors to be able to do that uh, as you see it? Well, the, the easiest way to do it really for anybody is to go onto domain.com, go to suburb profiles. And in that, it tells you what is the medium, what the average price, the price of a two bedroom, generally speaking, or the price for a three bedroom. I believe they use median, but we, we don't have to go down what the, the, the negative size of what median price is. No. Um, but you can just see a two bedroom goes for this, a three bedroom goes for this. What about a three bedroom? Should I be looking at a three bedroom to a four bedroom? So there's, there's markets where I look that it's got a $20,000 difference between a two bed and a three bed. I'm not going to make money there. So I'm not going to go there. There are other suburbs where there's $120,000, $150,000 by doing that. And when you, it really depends on your outcome for your property. If you are looking to get your deposit back, right? You put a deposit into this house. I want that money back in the form of equity. So what I'm going to do is renovate it, add a wall, and then get my deposit out so I can then go again on onto my next property. So you want to look for those fat, chunky markets where a three bed and a four bed are in different places and, and look for extra living rooms and extra laundries because that all of a sudden turns into that extra bedroom and turns into that extra bathroom. Those are some of the things that you can actually go out there and do, but it takes time and energy and effort, right? You do have to go out there and do the research and make sure that you can actually get these things done, but it is possible. So jump on. That's my top tip. Go to domain suburb profiles, look at the difference in prices, and then look on the uh, actual buy side of things. And can I afford this type of property? Is this going to work? Looks like it is. Let's go for it. Take some action and make it happen. Yeah, I love that, mate. Uh, the good news now with with uh, you know apps like Domain and RealEstate.com, uh, most of them actually have the floor plans of the properties uh, on the listings, yeah. and it's it's pretty easy once you start uh, looking at floor plans to be able to identify well this living room is big enough for me to carve off a, a bedroom and put an extra wall and a door in. Uh, it's you know you can do a lot of that desktop even these days before you even jump in the car and go and and check the property out. And, and what I also love about what you're suggesting is, you know, with, with one of the major trends that we're seeing as a, a result of the post-pandemic activity is that people are now, uh, we've actually seen a reversal of uh, house sizes shrinking to uh, people looking for bigger houses with the exodus lifestyle and the need for uh, remote working in an offices in a location. So if you can pick up some of those older properties that have a, a big footprint 
uh, but you can actually create those spaces, then that's a, an awesome way in a flat market to actually manufacture. And I love your term, harvest the equity, mate. So look, uh, thanks for opening our eyes to these high impact value creation opportunities, Joe, and, and thanks again for your time on the show today. Thank you very much, Bushy. Have a great one. Thanks, mate. Well, as you can see, there's always low cost opportunities to force and manufacture value and property, regardless of the prevailing conditions. And if you want to rub shoulders with other like-minded investors where you get exposure to the full spectrum of all investment options in a very safe and uh, friendly environment, make sure you join Joe's Oz Property Investors Facebook community. And if you want to hear more from Joe, have a listen to the deep dive conversation that we enjoyed on the Property Hubs Get Invested episode, or you can reach out to him direct at propertyprinciples.com.au. Stay with us for more here on your trusted voice in property, Realty Talk. Now, before I leave you, here's a final thought from me. Given what has just been introduced in Queensland and is likely to roll out across the country in relation to periodic tenancies, if you're an investor landlord, don't fall into the trap of allowing them. And make sure you've got a really good property manager who's up to speed and on top of all of the ongoing tenancy legislation changes and their impacts, because if you don't, it could be very expensive and extremely restrictive. That's more food for thought. And that's another wrap for this week's show. Another big thanks to our guests, Kent Lardner, Jamie Lee Billowell, and Joe Tucker. And to make sure you don't miss another episode of your trusted voice for all things property, subscribe to our Property Hub on your favourite podcast player now, where you'll also enjoy the Get Invested podcast delivered to you each and every week. And make sure you sign up on the realty.com.au homepage to get a free copy of my award-winning book, get invested. And while you're there, make sure that you check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally, where you'll even find properties that just aren't listed anywhere else. Thanks again to realty.com.au, BMT Tax Depreciation, Apiro Marketing and DM Media for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance. Remember to always get invested in your knowledge before you get invested in your property and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 